Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And like I say on every episode, we have a great show for you today because we always do. We have Hannah Bethel coming on. She's done some great things, and I think that only the best is yet to come when it comes to her career. So we're going to talk a little bit about her story and also talk about some music. So Hannah, are you here? I'm here. Hello. Hey, so how are things going? <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, you know, they're a little weird, but um, actually really good. I'm doing really good. That's awesome. So I always like to start the same with every episode, like I told you before the show, the elephant in the room, so to speak. Um, how has mm-hmm. COVID affected you, and how are you maneuvering through it? Well, um, I have um, obviously lost my, my whole touring season, which was a huge bummer. Um, and so I've just kind of been taking this time to go inward, work on my, my stuff that needs to be worked on inside. Um, I'm, I'm actually have finally connected with a producer and I'm, and I'm making a record right now, which I'm really excited about. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, just like you know, really, really taking this time to do my inner work. Um, mm-hmm. I had a an awesome year last year with music, but it was so busy. I was working all the time. I was never taking days off. And oh, wow. while I had so many, because I was working a second job too, I'd be like on the road on the weekends and then work my job in town during the week. Um, and I had like, it was like the biggest career year of my life. It was wonderful. But at the end of it, I was so exhausted. So, um, Mm -hmm. this year and this time has, has really given me the opportunity to kind of recalibrate and decide like, what can I do differently? Because I don't want my life to look like that all the time. I don't want to be so exhausted that I'm not even having fun anymore. So, it's like, oh, wow. you know, I've been I've been planning and reconstructing and recalibrating and resting and healing and um and building a new record. So, yeah. And we definitely understand where you're coming from. It went the opposite way for us kind of. We, you know, we launched the show January 3rd expecting to do 80 to 100 interviews our first year. And we thought, hey, if we did 100 interviews first year, that pro- that's probably ahead of most hosts. We thought that'd be enough and that would be a great um start to a, to our show and then covid happens and i told sandy yeah. you know i think this could be our year to shine because artists are going to need a place a platform to talk because yeah. everything's been canceled and so i was like you know what let's just go all out like we've never been before and because of that i think you are like our number 216 or 217th interview i mean it's crazy wow that's amazing. Good for you guys. So now our goal is 300. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're pretty dang close. It's only September. Yeah, because last month we actually did 44 interviews, our biggest month ever. Wow, that's awesome. <clears throat> but it does get hectic. Like you were saying, you know, you went through a whole year last year, and, you know, you got to a point to where sometimes it wasn't as fun. And sometimes we haven't got there yet. But I can see how that can happen. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's all about balance, right? There's got to be a, a mm-hmm. season for hustle and then a season for rest. If you're yeah. hustling all the time and you never rest, it's out of balance. If you're resting yep. all the time and never hustling, it's out of balance. So it's just finding the, the balance. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hard part. Um, so I always like to start a little light before we really dig deep into any stories. Um, tell us what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Oh, um, well, I am super outdoorsy. I love um, hiking and fishing. I usually every year I go on a solo backpacking trip somewhere. I take a week and just set out into the wilderness and have some alone time. Um, I didn't get to do that this year, which I'm, I'm really yeah. bummed about. I'm, I'm hoping I can get out for a few days sometime this fall. Um, but yeah, I love stuff like that. I love yoga. Um, I'm also a Reiki practitioner. Um, so I, I do that kind of healing work and I love cooking, love to cook. Oh, wow. And that's kind of my jam. It's my stuff. I love to read. Kind of a grandma. (laughs) So what would you say is something quirky about you? Um, I guess probably my my maybe my Reiki practitioner side is something a, a lot of people are not super familiar yeah. with. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely understand that. So tell everybody a little bit of who you are, a brief overview, backstory of you and where you're from. Because you know I like to get to know the artists, not just the music. Yeah. Well, I grew up in the Midwest. I was born in Wisconsin, and then my family moved to northern Michigan, to the UP, when I was 12. And um, I grew up doing theater and dance and then started playing guitar and writing songs around 14-ish and started playing shows. Anywhere that I could, I played festivals, shopping malls, restaurants, weddings, bars, anywhere I could play shows or or do like, you know, karaoke contests, singing contests, I was all about it. Um, And ended up making a record when I was 17 and started coming, visiting Nashville when I was, I think, 16 or 17 because I knew, I just always knew I wanted to live in Nashville. And so I graduated high school, turned 18, moved to Nashville, didn't know anybody, <laughs> oh, wow. didn't, didn't really know much of anything either, except that <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to build a life um, around music. And so I, I jumped in and, and started. I've been here now um, 12 years, which is insane. Wow. Um, but it's been... A 10-year city. Yeah, that's that's what they say. But um, it's been a really incredible journey. It's gone so many places like I never could have fathomed. Um, just mm-hmm. it has so much more depth and and color and wonder. And it's just like I I just I'm I love it so much. This whole I love loving my whole experience here on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. But um, made a few records, um, toured a bunch. You know, spent a long time trying to play the Nashville publishing game. Felt like it wasn't really for me. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then when I really decided to, to do my own thing and start writing alone more and more often, um, and then I connected with Cliff, my manager, who you know, and yeah, at that awesome. point, he is awesome. Cliff is the best. Um, <laughs> but it was at that point when, like, I finally got in alignment and the right people came into my life, and I released a song called Train, and then everything kind of started moving and shaking. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love that. So at what age and what was that moment? Because every, every artist has at least a, one moment like this where not necessarily the age that you knew you wanted to do music, but at what age or that moment where you looked in the mirror and you thought, this could be, actually be a career? <laughs> well, I I have always, always known that I, I wanted to be an mm-hmm. entertainer and performer there. I can't, I can't remember a time in my life where I, I considered doing something different. Um, Mm -hmm. crazy. Um, (laughs) like I might've had like a month in second grade where I wanted to be an ice skater, even though I'd like never ice skated before. (laughs) But, but other than that, I just, I knew that I wanted to be on stage. I love like the exchange of energy when I, you know, could captivate people and pull them in or make them laugh or make them think. And, I just loved that exchange, and I just, I just always, always knew what I was supposed to do. Now, speaking of that, as you know, I, I, you know, one thing I like to do on a show, and I don't think this is talked about enough. You know, a lot of people they see like the gr- the glory behind like a Blake Shelton, a Miranda Carey, and all them, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifices, the tears that artists have to make, not just at their level. To get there, but even at a career level, and I always like to talk about that because I, you know, nobody talks about this side of it, and I think it's the most important side to music is the sacrifice side because I think the artists need to understand what it really takes before they make that leap into this crazy music world. <laughs> so I want to tell a quick story okay. to help guide us where I want that to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time they were full time with music. And I'll never mm-hmm. forget, I asked Allison, uh, one of the questions was, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? I'll never forget her answer. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do, if you can see yourself doing anything else, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, you, you no longer own your life, everything owns a piece of your life from that point. She goes, your friends and relatives, they never understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays. But you're getting, especially at the very beginning, you are grinding it out. You know, although you want balance, you don't always have balance because you have all these gigs and you get and you can't just cancel them. And then she added that then on top of that, you have days where you just don't you feel miserable, but you got to get on that stage and smile like it's no tomorrow. Your family has to sacrifice right along with you, not just you. But then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, basically you can't see yourself doing anything else, then go all in because the only way those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said, and let's talk about that. <laughs> Oh, I I agree with that 100%. Um, <laughs> it really does. It requires you to go all in, you know, and everybody's everybody's path is is unique because everybody's path is unique. 
Um, yeah. But it, it really is um, you there. It's finding balance, I think, between navigating the the industry, which is geared towards serving those that are supported by money, whether that comes mm-hmm. from your label or your family or whoever, you know, that's, so there's navigating that side of the business with navigating like the magic and the alchemy of when you have a message that is in so aligned with your purpose mm-hmm. that it can't help but shine through. So <laughs> when, when the alchemy is all lined up, it sometimes transcends like the navigating the business side of things, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a full body, mind, spirit engagement. Um, and I, I would definitely agree that if there's, if there's something else that you, that you love more, I would go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because many of the artists that we've talked to on the show, they always they always say the same thing. You know what? If I didn't have to do this, I would not do this. Because they, they, they're like, they feel like they're in a position where it's so inbred in them that they cannot mm-hmm. not do this. And so, that, so the sacrifices that we have to go through are just not worth it if you don't feel called to do this. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> and because again you know i always like to talk about that side of it because again like i said you know you see the glory side um many many hosts will talk about the glory this glory that and all the great things in music and i think that the learning point is in the other side of it that nobody talks about and that's why i always like to bring that up is to show people to show fans that that there is way more to art you know they they think you know a lot of times fans think that you're just out there having fun. <laughs> and because you have to know every aspect of your business, which it is a business, even if, whether they agree with that or not, it is a business. You, you have to know every aspect. The fun part is one hour or whatever it is. The rest <laughs> of it's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of, a lot of it is really fun. The, the camaraderie yeah. <laughs> that you build with the yeah. people you work with because you're like in the trenches together. Like a lot of it is so much fun, but it's also a lot of work. Like you got to be, be ready to commit and you have to be able to, to find joy in that work or it'll suck the mm-hmm. life out of you. <laughs> I love that. Cause I remember I told one of the artists that, you know, you have to enjoy the journey because when you get to that destination, whatever it is, you will, you will not enjoy that destination as much if you didn't enjoy the journey on the way. Yes. Yeah. So yep, now that we I talked a little too. bit about the <laughs> now that we talked a little bit about the sacrifice side, talk about what where that gets you. You know, let's talk about the glory side. Um, tell us a few moments where you look back and you're like, "Wow, I got to do that." Oh my gosh, um, <laughs> there have been so many moments like that. I feel like um, I'm trying to think of some of the first ones. Um, gosh, I mean, there's, there's just been a lot where I'm like, holy cow, like I didn't, I didn't see this coming. Like, I guess one of them was when my, my first, um, 
song, When Train Got Picked Up by CMT, the video, that was a pretty cool moment because I, you know, grew up watching CMT and um, that was really, really cool. I remember. How did you learn that it got picked up by them? Um, We, I think through an email, so it was kind of anticlimactic, but... (laughs) (laughs) But then the song went on to go into the, the countdown, and I think it made it mm-hmm. to, like, number five at the time. And that oh, was wow. really cool. My, my manager called me, and I was I was working for Postmates in the evenings mm-hmm. at that time. And so I was out, like, delivering Chinese food, and he called me and was like, train number five. And I was like, wow, this is so <laughs> weird. Like, as a little kid, if you think about, like, having your song on CMT, you don't imagine that you're also, like, being a food delivery person at the uh, same time. So it's just a – You know crazy. something? It's we could We can relate to you more than you probably know right now. The other, we, <laughs> we deliver for DoorDash right now to keep us afloat. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember the other day, Sandy and I were delivering – and I was like, is this not cool that we're delivering, and then tomorrow, which was – this was a few days ago, tomorrow we've got Randy Travis coming on our show. I mean <laughs> – so, so we totally get what you just said because as you're talking about the Postmates thing, I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, because we do this every – because that's what we do in the evening yep. to stay afloat and so that we can be flexible so that if an artist needs us whatever time to, to do an interview, well, guess what? We can move our schedule how we need it. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was my that was my gig for a little while there, but um, but yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. And then I had another like I um grew up listening to to Jamie O'Neill and loving her and singing <laughs> her songs in karaoke contests, and I started writing with her. Um, gosh, probably like eight or nine years ago. Um, mm-hmm. and she just released um a song that we wrote just a few weeks ago, and we've we've become friends, and she's wonderful. Oh, wow. And then um, my boyfriend and I um she asked us to be in the video <laughs> for <laughs> the oh, song wow. that she released that we wrote together. So that was a a pretty funny moment after like you know <laughs> listening to her growing up, and like now I'm in the music video of a song that we wrote together. It's just one of those things that makes you laugh. It's like, wow, what a journey, man. Just curveballs left and right. <laughs> yeah, we definitely know where you're coming from because so many things we've done, even with the show, that we're sitting there like, you know, wow. You know, it comes this way and that way and this way, and we're grinding it out. But then you have those moments where you're like, what just happened? <laughs> yes. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and play your song, Memphis, and great song, and then we're going to talk about that. How's that sound? Awesome. All right, hang on the line. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. 
The sports guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
really great song there. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about the song itself or how that came together. Sure. Well, this song um, was actually one of my last co-writes. This was kind of in the oh, my well. season right before I decided to, to stop co-writing. But um, <laughs> I wrote this one with my sister, Winter Bethel, and Gabe Berdoulis. And we wrote it sitting around my kitchen table. And Winter had the the idea for the hook line, the maybe we should go to Memphis. <laughs> and I was like, that's kind of groovy. Let's see see where it goes. And then it turned into this song, and and I love it. And I've kind of had it in my back pocket for a minute because um, I try to be. I'm I'm very intuitive. Like I really like to feel my way through what songs I release at what time and what order, like, as opposed to having like a, you know, a marketing plan. I'm more like, I just wait until it feels like the time to release a song. And so um, that's kind of what I've done with my last few singles. And then this song kind of just crept up and I was like, okay, now it's this song time. So here we are. Seems to be working for you, huh? (laughs) (laughs) So, Another thing I like to do on our show that I think doesn't happen enough out there is, you know, a lot of the people, they see the artists, but they don't see the PR people. They don't see the producers, the managers. They don't see the team behind the artists, and they don't get enough love, in my opinion. So I always want to make sure that they do get some love on our show. So if you want to take a few minutes to tell us about the team that helped you be who you are. Oh, of course, and thank you for asking that question. I think that's awesome. Um, well, uh, first and foremost, my manager, Cliff Doyle, is amazing. Could not be doing this without him. He keeps He's me like a mentor to me. On my, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he, he is to a lot of people. He's a, a wonderful, wonderful friend and um, support to a whole lot of people. But he keeps me in line, helps me stay organized, helps me um, just just stay um stay in order because as a creative i feel like i'm i'm sometimes i'm like in a million different places and (laughs) he's just like a wonderful partner and we make a a really good team i feel like our um our tendencies really complement each other well and we just like Mm -hmm. get it done so cliff is amazing um i have a, a couple people I've been working with on the music video side of things. Um, my friend Dawson Waters, I created the video for Train and Rhinestone Rodeo with, and then another guy um, named Troy Jackson who, who came in on Rhinestone Rodeo, and then Troy did the Houses on Fire video, and, and Dawson was there too. Um, but they have, have been awesome in helping me create like my visual brand and have been wonderful to work with because I have a very um, I always have a very strong idea of what I, I would like to see in videos scene by scene so they've they've done a really good job of helping me capture that but also like you know challenging my ideas and making them better if they need to be and um, so they're wonderful um, for this for Memphis Um, let's see Memphis Train and Rhinestone Rodeo I worked with Brad Hill and Lalo they they produced those tracks 
and did an amazing job. They're wonderful people. Um, and yeah, those are, those are, have been my, my people. And <laughs> we've, we've got, um, this lyric video from Memphis was created by Iris Detour. I think I'm saying her last name correctly, but, um, this <laughs> is the first time we worked together, but she's oh, yeah. an amazing talent. Um, and yeah, created the lyric video for Memphis and, um, yeah. What does your family think of all of this? Oh, they're so supportive. They're awesome. Um, My parents are incredibly supportive and always have been, and I feel really, really lucky. So they're they're excited. Yes, and they're always a a great sounding board for me for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I have two younger sisters, well, Winter, um, who I I write with some, and and so she's in, she lives in LA. Um, so she's a musician oh, wow. too, so she gets it. <laughs> and my well, other tell sister, us Maya. Tell a parent story. You know, tell us a parent story. You've probably got a thousand of these, but just kind of something that stands out. A parent story where they went above and beyond on something, and you just were like, wow, they get this is my passion and calling. <laughs> um, well, there's a lot. <laughs> I've but okay, okay, I can think of a good one. So, um, I was probably like 15 or so, maybe six, probably 15. And I was for several summers, I had competed in the Colgate country showdown showdown, which Mm -hmm. was like a, a national singing contest. And there'd be like the local levels, regional state nationals, you know, it'd go up the chain. And, um, I went to, my parents had driven me like two hours to this bar Mm -hmm. in the middle of the woods for me to compete in this contest. And, um, I didn't place and I was really bummed out. And, um, and it was like a school night and we were, we were driving home and it was really late. And I was like, kind of, Bing slash crying in the back seat because I was really bummed. And my parents were like, Well, next weekend, do you want to go to like the next town and try and see if you can compete there? Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, Really? And they're like, Yeah, because it was like farther. It was like, I don't know, maybe three hours away. And they're like, Yeah, uh-huh. like, we, if you want to do it, let's do it. And I was like, Okay. And so then we <laughs> the, we went the next weekend, and then I played oh, wow. that weekend and made oh, wow. it to the state level. <laughs> so they were they were in it for all kinds of those those contests. <laughs> I love that because then you, you never know you never know what stories you're going to hear when it comes up, and I and I always have to wait to listen to the artists if they talk about their parents a little bit because you, you know, sometimes some artists don't have parents that back them so I have to be careful how I ask that <laughs> mm-hmm. you know but when, you know when you said how great your parents were like okay I bet we got a good story there and we did I love that yeah. um, and you know we are a family affair show um, we, again you ain't really heard from Sandy because she's kind of dealing with our 18 month old but we have an 8 year old <laughs> that we always bring on so we kind of got a third co-host here I guess today it's a second co-host <laughs> in a way, um, but we always bring our eight-year-old on to talk about, to ask one question. So Sandy's going to get him on real quick. 
He's going to run okay. in there. You might hear her a little bit because, again, she's been eighteen month old toddler. You know, it's it can be rough sometimes. <laughs> yeah, y'all got your hands full. <laughs> you know, and trying to run a show too. You know. Right. <laughs> 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 but I think she's about to get him on. Yes, I'm getting him on, and, and I'm going to say hi real quick. <laughs> and try and hi. Him. How are you? Oh, doing great. But I've been listening to the whole thing. I've still been on here. <laughs> here is Christopher with his question. Oh, hi, Christopher. Can you say that again? I didn't quite catch it. <laughs> Hi, Hannah. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Mmm. That's such a hard question. I love <laughs> so much food. Um, I really love ramen. And I really love Thai curries. Those are probably my favorite kind of foods. And tacos. Pizza. Pizza, yeah, pizza's good too. <laughs> yeah, he could eat a. Eat. Bye, thanks. You're welcome. Bye. <laughs> he comes. He comes and goes quick. I, I call kind of call him our secret weapon because so many times he, you know, we do an interview, and we'll be watching a live um, of the artists, and if they've been on our show and they talk about our show, they always say something about him and that pizza and I'm like you know what we I think we need to get little Caesars to sponsor us <laughs> so then he can that's say I like you know so then he can say I like little Caesars pizza because of course that's what that's usually what we eat anyway so it wouldn't yeah. be a lie <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be pretty cool <laughs> so if you could co-write with anyone dead or alive who would it be and what would you want to write about oh wow Hmm. What a question. And you could, if you, and if you want, you can do one who passed on and one who's still here too. Because some artists, like, well, how do I choose from? Because because they're like, well, if they're passed on, I'll, you know, they're like, I, it'll just take you know. So if you want, you can do one of these. Okay. Um. Gosh. Who would I? Man, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> so probably, me. probably Patty Griffin. Um, mm. Even though I feel like I like, I don't know. She's so amazing. I don't even know what I would say if we were in the room together. <laughs> but say Patty Griffin, and we probably oh, write yeah. something sad and like lonesome, but also like. You know, still feels uplifting, mm-hmm. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? That would be cool. <clears throat> so, and this probably has a thousand answers, so just think of the first thing that pops in your head on this one. But what is a mm-hmm. song out there that you thought, wow, I wish I wrote that? Oh, man. Um, oh, there's a lot of them. I was just thinking about this the other day, though. What was it? <laughs> um, what was it? Um, probably, well, one of them that I think about often 
this wasn't what I was thinking the other day. I can't remember what it was, but I wish I wrote Walls by Tom Petty. Oh wow, well, that's an awesome. I one. love that. Oh, I wish I wrote Wimpy <coughs> Woman too. <laughs> That'd be a That'd good, be a good one. one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had one. We had one artist say any song that went number one. I was like, now that's a yeah. good answer. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, what song okay. of yours that you've written? Means the most and why? Hmm. Um. Gosh, that's a hard question because I feel like they all, um, especially they all the stuff meaning. I've been. Yeah, especially the stuff I've been releasing lately has been. Mm-hmm. I only release things that are like maximum meaning, but mm-hmm. um, I think that that train was a really empowering song for me to release because it was it was speaking a a truth that I was scared to speak um so that for that reason it it means a lot to me um because as soon as you're able to you know come into something that you're afraid of and step into Mm -hmm. it even though you're still afraid I think that that's it's a really powerful thing to be able to do um and it changes you and so train um for that reason and um house is on fire for Mm -hmm. for a similar reason i i wrote that song purely um for therapy reasons and never thought i was going to share it with anyone (laughs) because i thought it was too too sad and too personal Uh but then i played it for cliff my manager and he was like you have to release that song (laughs) And I was like, really? You don't think people will think it's, like, weird? But then it, like, went on to do some, some really cool things. So it's, um, I think the more honest we can get, the more that resonates with people. Transparency is so powerful. You have nothing to hide behind when you Because remember, totally three chords, you know, what makes country music, three chords and the truth. That's mm-hmm. what makes it. <laughs> yes, sir. And it always has and it always will. Yes. So this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always tell this little story because um, I want the artist to kind of think about this question before we ask them that same question. Because back five years ago when we asked Kelsey that question, the answer she gave us is almost to the T of what she's living now. I mean she knew where she was going, and she and she said this, 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 and she has done this, 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 this. So I always like to tell that story to get artists to kind of think what can happen in five years. So knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Mm. Oh, my gosh, so many places. I um, <laughs> I want to be able to travel and tour the world. Um, and, I mean, it's funny because it's, it's so much of, of what I'm doing mm-hmm. now. I won't, like, well, yeah. not the touring part because of COVID, but <clears throat> what I was doing before COVID and <laughs> hopefully we'll be doing again very soon, but um, touring, sharing my music, sharing that energy exchange with people, um, you know, continuing to, to dive into my Reiki work. Um, I want to not be living in the city anymore by then. And, um, yeah, just, you know, continuing on the journey, continuing to dig deep and 
just be totally in my life every moment, every day. And when you look into the future, and let's say whether it's five years, 10 years, 20 years, doesn't matter. Let's say that your future self is successful, whatever that means, you are a success. If the person you are today could meet your future self, what would you want to tell her? What would I, for what would my future self tell? No, well, my what would self? you tell your future <laughs> self? Because, you know, everybody goes the other way. I think it's mm-hmm. important to think about what, what would you tell or even remind your future self? Hmm. Um, probably just to keep paying attention to the synchronicities and the subtleties of my intuition and continuing to follow my heart and just staying in the moment and not getting too far ahead or too far behind, just staying in each present moment. I love that answer. And, you know, I I truly believe that this is an important question because, you know, yeah, you can look back, but I think it's important to see somewhat in the future to keep yourself grounded. And that's why I asked that question in that way, because it, I think it gives artists a chance to really think about how to stay grounded even when they're a success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. <clears throat> so let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing and they got something special. There's definitely something there. And let's say they played maybe 40, 50 shows. So they're still getting their – now, this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. <laughs> but uh, let's say they played okay. 40, 50 shows, and let's say that you know they've gotten on stage, and they're still getting their feet wet, but they've got what every artist says, that, space, that stage bug where they look at the crowd, the crowd's roaring for them, and they just know they're in the right place. Come to you, and they say, Hannah. I know that I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Um, I would say learn to listen to the voice of your heart. I know that sounds really cheesy, but um, learn to listen for that. Know what that sounds mm-hmm. like. Um, know what that sounds like when what you're doing is in alignment and know what it sounds Mm -hmm. like when what you're doing is not in alignment. Um, And then just, you know, make it your practice every day to honor that. Um, Because if you're doing that, no matter what you're doing, you can't go wrong. Things get messy when we stop listening to that voice, you know. And I love that advice because I remember when we first launched our show, I reached out to a Nashville friend and asked him what advice would he give us um, as we do this. And I think this is great advice for whether it's a host, whether it's artist. But he said that the only advice I can give is be and stay authentic. He says because you could tell every Bobby Bones joke. You could tell every Ty Bentley joke. And he says you might even be good at it, um, and you might even create an audience by doing this. He says, but the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day comes, you, there's, you can't stop it. It's coming. And when that day comes, you will lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. So if you, mm-hmm. your show might grow slower at the beginning, but, it, but you'll gain the right audience if you just stay authentic. Yes, Absolutely. 
and I've always tried to be that, you know, as authentic as I can. Because, yeah. you know, when, when you see me, as, as you get what, you know, some people don't like me, some people do. And you know what? I am me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you can't, you know, no one's for everyone, and that's totally okay. And you never want to yep. find yourself in, in a, you know, living a life that you mm-hmm. don't want because you were you know, following yeah. someone else's idea of what you should be, that will never lead to your peace or fulfillment. Yep. You know, it's like I've always heard you could, you, you can only be a second class someone else and a first class you. Mm-hmm. And I've never forgot that advice for years ago. Um, so we've got a couple, two more questions left and then we'll get you, let you get back to what you were doing. So, as a rising artist like you are, I'm sure you've got friends that are chasing this crazy music dream right along with you. So who are one or two people that you know that other people should know? <laughs> um, let's see. I've got, I've got a bunch of friends that are amazing and talented doing their That's thing like and killing choose. it. Um, yeah, well, I'll just, I'll just name a bunch of them. Um, Candy Carpenter, one of my really good friends. She's awesome. Um, I have some friends in a duo or a trio called Town. They're amazing. Oh, wow. um, a duo called Smithfield, who are some good friends of mine. I've known a long time. They're wonderful. Um, Emily Scott Robinson is a folk singer who's killing it and living a, a beautiful um, gypsy life. And um, <laughs> let's see, yeah, those are some of my some of my faves. I, I know love, I know I a lot it. of people that are just doing a doing a great job of honoring what they do. That's good because <clears throat> that's what's important these days. Do what you love, and you'll never work a day in your life, right? Yeah. <laughs> so as we come down to the last question here, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? <laughs> um, oh, my God. I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> um, We've actually built our show around this question because – of course, we don't ask every. Yeah. I mean, we, we we'd have two hundred questions if we did everybody that said this, but but you know there are some questions that were like, oh wow, that's a good one. And like um about a hundred shows back, um a girl named Francelle said, I just wish people would ask what's quirky about me. Well, that's where that that's where that quite we love that so much, <laughs> and we get some of the craziest answers on that one. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good one. I feel like you did a really good job of. And I try to like, like I, I usually wish that that people would ask um, more in-depth questions about mm-hmm. like my, you know, my life and my philosophy on on life instead of just like the, you know, material stuff. Which I, I feel like you did a good job of asking. And then I always well, try you. to incorporate in those things, anyways, whether people ask or not. I'm like, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> And I love that, you know, because you got to love it too. Now, now, sometimes when we're interviewing an artist, sometimes I've got these questions, and then they're answering my questions before I get them, and I'm sitting there like, okay, I'm gonna have to make up some questions as we go. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, you yeah. love it when artists do that. To be honest with you, you know, because it makes the 
thing makes our show more conversational because that's what I, I don't want it to feel like an interview. I want it to feel like more of a conversation just between a couple of people and the world listening in. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, I think you did a great job with that. Well, thank you so much. I, we definitely appreciate that because that's what we want to know. We want to know that we've done jo- the great job for the artist. So if you want to finish up here by telling people how they can reach you. Sure. Um, well, you can always go to hannahbustle.com. That's going to link you to everywhere you need to know. There's a really great merch store on there. I've got some cool items you can shop at. Um, I'm on all the social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, um, lots of music videos on YouTube that you can check out. You can listen to music um, and buy music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, all the places. Um, my new single, Memphis, is out now. So check that out. Check out the lyric video on YouTube. And, um, yeah, stay stay in touch. I'm um, coming out with a new record next year, 2021. It's oh, going to wow. be awesome. Um, love that so, yeah I'm excited <clears throat> and you know we enjoyed having you on today and we definitely look forward to having you back down the road maybe in 2021 before that release we can talk again yeah well thank you so much for having me I really appreciate it it's been our pressure, pleasure and we look forward to talking to you later so you have a great day awesome you guys too thanks Chris okay bye bye <laughs>